Hello. Alright, I can't Hello. hear anything. Hi. Oh, I hear people. I see people. Hi, hi. It's Randy Randy. That kept coming up for me when we're having conversations about intense topics which ultimately revolve around people is that making it a political conversation or like intense in the way that we use words can sometimes be dehumanizing sure so i think for my like approach i would love to just have a conversation with you two to see like like, I, who's your audience? What do you guys know about these <laughs> topics in terms of, like, queer lives yeah. or LGBTQ history and rights? Sure. Or what do you want to know? Or and we can speak from our experience and kind of, yeah, just like back and forth. I feel like. I love that. Yeah. Especially with so much online um, intensity going on. I, I don't want us to lose, like, that human connection. <laughs> 100%. Couldn't agree more. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's. If if there's anything that we that we typically do is is try to just have conversations like whether it's <laughs> whether it's uh, political or not, um, the goal is always to just talk. And and uh, speaking for myself, I want to learn about your guys' experience more than because mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I I don't have that. Uh, sure, yeah. It's definitely not a perspective that I that I've lived with or dealt with. Um, and I think that it's important for our audience to hear it because a lot of people around here. Um, well, you know a lot of people around here, right? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> to put it very mildly, um, yeah. No, I think that's perfectly Let's start with uh, the basics. important. Introductions, yeah. Okay. Conversation. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to have uh, have have just a conversation, and it yeah, that's great. <laughs> I don't know about you, Randy, but I'm cool with it. No, that sounds good to me, bud. Awesome. Oh, I was going to ask um, to say, like, I don't want to step on anybody's toes as far as um, terminology or anything. Like, I'm coming at it from the perspective of someone who doesn't know. So if I say anything wrong, try to understand that I'm not trying to be an asshole, right? <laughs> um, yeah, same as, goes I, here. Definitely call me on it if I say something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're trying to, we're trying to learn, that, right? I so. think we've been talking about, like, the name of your podcast and how I feel like that is such a curious way to approach <laughs> such intense conversations and it's like <laughs> by people who are asking questions. We've been there, you know? So it's like, Good. that's, well, yeah. And I think, <laughs> I think uh, it just shows kind of the humor behind some of the more complicated, intense conversations that we have. Um, and then just kind of when you are called in, I just see it as like a light way of like, being called in and saying, you know, I don't know everything and I'm still learning. And so, yeah, yeah it's cool. <laughs> and that's, that's sort of the thing. It's a kind of a, a self-deprecating jab at us. And that also gives us the leeway to touch on things without necessarily the pressure of pretending to be experts in it. Right. So we can yeah, for sure. have conversations and learn. And at the end of the day, we're just idiots, right? Like, you know, we're trying <laughs> to learn, we're trying to do better, but uh, it, it feels pretty true to us. <laughs> Oh, yeah. 100%. Uh, <laughs> Which, if I may, just like add some context from our like uh, circles here. When we tell people like, oh, hey, my, you know, my cousin hosts this podcast, co-hosts this podcast, <laughs> and they've asked us to have this conversation about, yeah. you know, our lives as queer and healing Christians. And they're like, oh, so they're 
they're dudes. Are they're white dudes? <laughs> and it's just like, yes. And then we tell them your name and it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, it just opens it up a lot more than say, than just like, oh, it's another podcast where dudes are like, you know, top mansplaining, mansplaining things. Uh, yeah. it's, like, it's not the vibe at all. So I just want to say it comes off really well. I love that. What? That, that's even people. deeper than I anticipated, right? Because like, when, when we came <laughs> yeah. up with it, it was just, it was legitimately going to be uh, two idiots talking shit. And then the yeah. acronym was going to be tits. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, we decided that might be a little bit less, uh, I don't know, you know, acceptable. <laughs> so, so we simplified From a marketing perspective. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit hard to. And I'm not the best thing in the world. <laughs> It'd be harder to get politicians and important people in if the show was called Tits. So, tits. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it worked out so far. Just a couple um, of boobs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's sort of what we are. Um, anyways, okay. I'll probably I'd keep much of this in because you know still might be on it. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, I am interested though that. Um, that we were, you know, that that our name was was such like a discussioning thing, and that it's felt open. So I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. Mm-hmm, for sure. On that note, let's start the let's start the the episode. Hello, yeah. everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Two Idiots Podcast. I'm Reg. I'm Randy. And joining us this week from all the way on the East Coast, we have Marissa Weeb and Holly Derost. 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 Hello. Derost. Derost. Welcome here. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you've you've given a lot of thought, <laughs> which which is probably more than most people can say before they join us. So that's nice. <laughs> Usually it's just yeah, sure, I'll do it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we what definitely they... had time to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh and that's good. I'm I'm glad that you did decide to join us. Um so please introduce yourselves. Excellent. Um well, uh, you're my first cousin, Reg. Um, so we have a long history in that family connection. Um, my name is Marissa. I grew up Mennonite in Manitoba, southern Manitoba. Uh, I moved across to the east coast of Canada when I was 20 and found out my own kind of attractions to uh, women and exploring my sexuality in that way. Um, yeah, so this is my partner. Tell me more. Yes. <laughs> no, we've been together <laughs> since that great uh, gazing, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> yes, it's, it was like way better uh, when I wrote it down. Uh, yes. So growing up fundamental Christian, it, it's had its uh, quirks. And <laughs> idiosyncrasies and unlearning a lot of those like harmful messaging. Sure. And now I am happily and confidently engaged to my fiance Holly, oh. who is here too. Hi. Yeah, that's me. That's my cue. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm Holly Drost, and I grew up fundamentalist Christian um, in the East Coast. On the East Coast, yeah, uh, in Maine and in kind of New Brunswick, Nova Scotia. So both my parents are ordained in the Pentecostal Assembly of Canada. Wow. Um, hmm. 
So yeah, pastor's kid. Jeff is a pastor's kid. And uh, yeah, that's that's me. And I'm on the East Coast now. Still, we, we live in Halifax and we're currently summering in uh, New Brunswick because of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> is it summering during we're summering? Pandemic? I don't know. Yeah. Unless you're already there. Um, kind of like the Canadians that are... home yet. Let's say what it is. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, and I work uh, right now. I spend my time managing. I manage social media for um, an LGBTQ affirming ministry called Generous Space. And so I, yeah, I handle their social media and work with an awesome team there. And so that's what's going on for me. <laughs> well, nice to well, meet you. Shout nice out to, to see you again, Reg. Yeah, right back at you. Um, well, <laughs> shout out to Generous Space. Um, well, so in those introductions, there is a lot to unpack. <laughs> um, of course, we should remind everybody that Randy and I are both very white and very straight and, uh, you know, have, have virtually no interaction with LGBTQ community um, other than friends and, and stuff, but never having to mm-hmm. to deal with, you know, any of that. So thank you for coming and, and speaking honestly. <laughs> Um, and openly, uh, which I'm sure isn't always easy. Um, mm-hmm. We really do appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so to Holly, as far as growing up on the East Coast in the religious situation, it's so it's religious, but in a different way than I assume Marissa's experience was in sort of the, the Mennonite of it all. Or their overlaps or. Uh, I would say similar, pretty similar. Yeah, I um, would say we both have very similar trauma but <laughs> but uh Sorry. like the uh, the way i understand kind of men that culture it's just like it's kind of part of your culture especially in in uh southern manitoba um it's a little more ingrained that way although i feel like being growing up pentecostal felt like it was a whole culture in and of itself mm-hmm. um so there, there are a lot of similarities, and I think we've definitely connected um, through those similarities and just shared kind of growing up um, in purity culture and growing up um, being told that being gay is a sin, yeah. right? So, right. you know, I there's just so many things that were kind of ingrained in me from a young age, right? Like I had one of my parents say at 15, you could come home pregnant. You could come home addicted to drugs. But if you came home and told me that you were a lesbian, that would break my heart. Wow. And so that was always like the message that I had in the back of my mind, right? Like, okay, don't go there. Right. (laughs) So from such a young age, um, and and personally, like I identify as as pansexual, so I'm attracted to all genders. Um, I I just would just pray from such a young age, God, please, please fix me. Um, my relationship with God was so integral um, and centered to who I was, my identity, um, and I just like I that was my prayer from such a young age. Like, please, please fix me. Like, I, I don't want to have these feelings. I don't want to. Um, so that obviously like shaped a lot of, uh, my teenage years and even into adulthood. Yeah. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, That's quite that. the inner conflict to have to grow up with, right? Yeah. Especially when you're totally, parents. Are yeah. It's not abnormal. No, absolutely within, not. Within like mm-hmm. your circle, in Christian circles for women too, especially. So it's like there's just these compounding layers of different messagings that you receive from youth and it just yeah, it compounds depending on what molds you're not fitting into. Yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. Right. It applies even to to people that, that aren't um gay or or, or anything because um, even myself like of course I grew up in the sim- in a similar way to Marissa um, and I'm I'm no longer religious um, but growing up it's the same thing where you'd you know you feel the the guilt of anything that you did as a kid and then you you know you're praying the same you know f- for similar things as a kid you don't understand what you did wrong or why it's wrong but you're like I don't want to you know, I feel bad and I don't want to go to hell and I don't want to burn up and all this stuff, right? Um, right. Oh, so masturbating. Yeah, right? It's, it's so similar. <laughs> no. No. Like, you're just bad. always living in fear, right? Yeah. 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 No, sexuality uh, is not fall, open. Sorry. Last fall, I started um, looking really deeply into uh, religious upbringings and found the term indoctrination, which I was particularly, um, I want to say triggered by because it had such a physiological reaction. Uh, My body um, responded to that word as like, yes, but also what does that mean? How does that, what does that say about my family or what does that say about my community where I was brought up? up because I love these people and they don't want to harm me and yet the indoctrination of such harmful theology values obviously can well they impact you in such deep ways that you don't always realize so to have finally language to say this is what religious indoctrination is and then to have that like identified in my own experience has been (laughs) deeply uh uncomfortable and and yeah it's a lot but it's also given me more language to voice my experience and and to be freed from those Mm -hmm. those like protestant shame and guilt traps yeah so it's given me other language to work through especially directly towards women difficult yeah maybe maybe to explain um for for those who may not know what indoctrination means both to you and in general if if that works yeah um so my understanding of it currently because i'm still i i like peek into it and then i you know <laughs> yeah. oh i can't i can't <laughs> go there yet or yeah, yeah. it's still so raw so um my understanding is that uh it's teachings uh specifically related to christianity that uh, revolve around identity Um, and behavior, uh, saying, you know, you did a bad thing, you must repent and say sorry, Um, God hates when you do that, or God loves when you do this, and it's reinforced by uh, messaging from the church, messaging from your parents, uh, from your peers, um, from the radio, you know, what you're allowed to watch. It's all of these reinforced things of, this is what a good, good person, a good Christian looks like, and this is what they don't. And the don't is usually some type of 
normal childhood behavior like having a tantrum there's a need that's not being met there's an emotion that isn't allowed to be expressed in a different way so it comes out you know if you don't have tools to talk about feelings how does it come out it's going to come out angry or you know physically so uh, in my experience uh, the indoctrination would be painting those things as wrong and bad and uh, you ne- you need to repent, and those are sinful behaviors. Yeah. So, yeah, and you can be indoctrinated in any kind of belief system. Of yeah, right? like not just Christianity, but kind of across the board. Yeah. Yeah, and I speak from it in my own like processing, so it's still pretty raw and not packaged in, <laughs> in a neat way, which I think is okay. Yeah. Um, but I'm working through this book called Leaving the Fold. Uh, just a PDF online that I found really helpful. It ta- it, it, it goes through uh, what, what you found valuable about your community, your uh, Christian community specifically, ha- what you miss about it now, what was helpful, what was hurtful. Uh, yeah, and I found that just to usher me into like, oh, people have done this before. Yeah. I'm not the first one mm-hmm. to leave this place and feel that hurt. Um or like uh, making you think that you are going mad yeah. because you don't agree with what is being said or because you, you your behavior doesn't fit into what is expected of you. And in reality, that's just human to be different. And so having that option and having tools to say, oh, different is actually okay. Yeah. And in fact, it's, it, it'll help you thrive as a human being. For sure. Ah, what messaging, you know? <laughs> imagine wow yeah it's you're gonna break everybody's brain yeah what wait hold up you can be different wow that's you are that's a whole being terribly yourself. controversial yeah <laughs> to love yeah. yourself for who you are <laughs> weird well even even the point you made where where you're still processing and and everything you're describing isn't necessarily packaged in a neat and easy way and like you said that's perfectly okay and that's something that we need to work on mm-hmm. a little bit more in general um not everything needs to be black or white or, you know, it, it, people seem to just yeah. pave over the nuance and just say it's right or it's wrong or it's this or it's that. And like, you can still. Be yeah, nobody right. likes like, nobody likes to live in the gray area anymore. Right. It, it's yeah. it's too comfortable and easy just to sit on either side of the fence. Yeah. And ignore yeah, everything that doesn't totally. align. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Much like Mennonitism. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, which is interesting that you say Mennonites because learning about the history of Mennonites across the world has been strange to then look at it in a southern Manitoba perspective. And you're like, oh, not all Mennonites are like this. So that's been unique as well, but perhaps a different podcast. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a lot. Um, But I've I've always (laughs) felt a little bit, uh, triggers is probably not the right word, but a little bit annoyed when when people around here seem to use Mennonite as like their race or you know what I mean where they're just like oh right we're a Mennonite it's like well you believe in Mennonite ideology it doesn't make you like a Mennonite you know what I mean it's like as if it's like an Mm. ethnicity and in in many ways culturally you know they kind of follow certain norms and whatever else but it's just people around here seem to believe that that's their thing you know like people mm-hmm. are african and i am mennonite you know <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't to me it doesn't fly um in that way or at least not in the way that people seem to use it around here uh but maybe a misunderstanding yeah. and if i may like please 
now go into that <laughs> rabbit trail of the story of persecution for Mennonites and yeah. relate it to um, the actual racial injustice that's going on right now and how that comparison is actually quite different. Yeah, sure. And we're taking mm-hmm. the historical context of Mennonites coming from the Protestant Reformation, you know, through Northern Europe to Canada, and then from there to South America, Mexico, yeah. wherever folks have settled, but then to continue to have that narrative, how does that then translate into action in our communities here? Yeah. You know, I like understanding a history of persecution but but it has to go further, yeah. you know, where does that apply in your community? So then I guess I want to also say, what is the conversation about queer lives? How is that relevant in your circles? Am I going, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm talking about so many things. I know, my brain is like a lot, you know, unraveling. I think, like, Help me focus. Yeah. Uh, Reg and Rand, did you have kind of um, questions throughout this? Or are we just kind of doing a natural back and forth? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I seem to think so. But um, we can even work on, on questions, right? So um, as far as basic, you know, as far as basic things go, um, so you guys are, and again, in in the, in the opening, I said, you know, I don't want to step on anybody's toes and I don't want to use mm-hmm. any... Um, any inappropriate terminology, but if I do, um, please uh, call me out. But or if I'm inappropriate or for ask questions you don't want to answer, that's fine. Um, but because especially around here, um, most people don't know what queer means, right? In my experience, most most people that I talk to on a regular basis don't know what that means, and to them, two women together are lesbians, and that's where it stops, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, can you maybe elaborate on that to try uh, the yeah. base, kind of the basic stuff? Kind of what what does that mean to you? Uh, if that's okay to ask. <laughs> yeah, of course, definitely. And it's kind of cool. Like uh, Steinbeck uh, was a big controversy, but they had their first Pride Parade. Was it two years ago or three years it ago? Was was it twenty six? That was yeah, because me and Reg both marched in it. Yeah. Oh, cool. We actually were on CBC. <laughs> I think we looked like a gay couple because it was just he and I walking down the street <laughs> yeah. and then like there was a crowd way ahead of us and then people way behind us and it was just me and Randy alone yes. and like the sidewalks were lined with people like giving us the sky yeah. and stuff. <laughs> we didn't I even realize what, you know, what we were doing. And but. I, I love that the Bible Belt of Canada is kind of catching up to the rest yeah. of Canada. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're, going, they're going kicking and screaming, yeah. but they're getting there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so queer, right? It's um the ever expanding acronym of LGBTQ plus plus, yeah. right? Like um more people are kind of owning their identities and speaking out about them. Um so I would identify as queer um as a way of like looking at the world and a way of living that is kind of counter to how I grew up um, and kind of speak. It's an umbrella term for me. I use queer as an umbrella term. Some folks don't use the term queer because um, I know from my parents' generation that was seen as like a derogatory term, Mm -hmm. Um, but, but folks have kind of reclaimed that as their own. 
Um, and when I say queer, I, I do use it as an umbrella term. And, uh, and then, you know, like it, learning more about sexual orientation and gender identities, um, new information is coming out every day, right? Ways of us to understand and respect and honor one another. And um, so, so, yeah, I would say that queer is a way of understanding human sexuality and gender identity. Um, and if that term feels really achy to you, that's okay too. And you don't have to use it. But the main thing yeah. is that you feel honored and you feel respected um, for exploring your sexuality and your gender expression. Um, sure. That's kind of the messaging behind uh, queer identities, I would say. Mm-hmm. Okay. And on that note, before we started, I was going to say, Happy Pride Month. Um, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Ooh, but happy Pride Month. <laughs> We're actually like really proud most of the year. <laughs> yeah, well, I would hope so. <laughs> Except for this month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, so unfortunately, well, we, we, had, we had already planned this interview before anything kind of popped off. Um, mm-hmm. But then we decided we wanted to try and get you know, a few more LGBTQ uh, guests in, especially for this month, and then to continue that conversation on as we continue the show. Um, so this works out beautifully. Yeah. So, Mostly because, like, you know, I think myself, I feel that, especially in this area where we live, like, like LGBTQ people are very underrepresented. So I like that we're able to use kind of our, our platform as a voice for these people, right, to get the message out there and be like, hey, everyone's pretty cool. It doesn't really matter what you are. Yeah. Like everyone's got a story, everyone's human, and it's just it's cool to talk about. I, I enjoy learning other people's experiences. So the more we can get that out and you know, if we can help turn one person around on their views on somebody, then cool. If not, at least we're trying, right? Yeah. And well, and you can be known as people who are actually taking the action to listen and learn yeah. from people who are different from you, right? So mm-hmm. if you're centering LGBTQ voices and you're centering black voices and you're centering indigenous voices like it's only gonna add to our perspective and growth right and we can we like you said like we can learn so much from one another and the big thing um especially for like straight white folks is to is to listen and learn (laughs) so it's uh it's actually a really inspiring place to be and it's not as you know some people go fighting tooth and nail but um it's an honor to to kind of sit in that space so i just yeah i think it's great that you're making that a priority and and i mean we don't even need the accolades we're not doing it all for you know Mm -hmm. i I like like when you guys were out um was that last summer um Mm -hmm. even just having those conversations whether there's a mic in the way whether there's you know what i mean i I, personally i like to just talk to people because <laughs> it's tough yeah, to get me yeah. to shut up most of the time um but i like to to learn about other people in in ways that obviously i i don't know um whether mm-hmm. it is where race whether it's sexuality whether it's religion whether it's whatever so if we're not using our podcast for at least part of that well then why the hell are we doing this right <laughs> um exactly uh, and also we That's like to have really fun so to we be have aware of i too and an oversaturated yeah you know, field of, I am an expert in this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think y'all to be an are being like, actually, we're not. So yeah, no. educate us. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you share 
<laughs> if you want to, no pressure. Yeah, exactly. And that's sort of how it is. And that's, again, I'm glad that you, that, uh, you ladies are here to, to try and teach a couple of knuckleheads something. Um, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so to expand more on on Marissa in particular, when you, when you, you said you, you left Manitoba um, and then worked towards kind of exploring your, your own sexuality, your own self, uh, and kind of learn more about yourself, um, was that something that you started before you left Manitoba and it just continued on or was it more something that you kind of came into um, once you left kind of the, I guess the confines of whatever it was in Manitoba? Yeah, good question. Um, No, when I left, I would consider myself. So when was that like 2011 or 12 maybe? And um, I was extremely homophobic. I would. Yeah. I mean, I think most of us in, you know, fundamental Christianity were raised that way. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and we don't really have any other way to see uh, the otherness of folks as positive things. Uh, so when I went to university at St. Stephen University, uh, which was a liberal arts, is still a liberal arts university, uh, there was a lot of uh, theological difference that really shook me. Uh, and I had a, such an excellent uh, roommate, college roommate, who was from Minneapolis and grew up in Montessori school and just would say, hey, maybe we should just love everybody. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, no, watch your mouth. I don't think that's <laughs> not the Bible says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, so embarrassing to look at myself in that space and remember being like, "No, the Bible says there's a right, <laughs> a wrong, yeah. and like we need to love them by telling them how wrong they are." <laughs> and <laughs> which is really like, yeah, not yeah. a great place to be, but such a like so graceful for Naomi to just you know persistently show me that love actually. <laughs> is better yeah (laughs) not (laughs) oh that was yeah that really shook me and uh i actually dropped out of university in my after my second year just because i was so overwhelmed intellectually academically emotionally my Mm. whole identity had been questioned because of my fundamental (laughs) beliefs about Mm -hmm. life and people uh were questioned Okay, so then I moved to Halifax, but in that time I meet Holly, who's just this like wonderful, open, fun, charismatic individual who eats bologna sandwiches, you know. There is nothing wrong with a good bologna sandwich, all right? No, yeah. don't don't feel judged yeah, for bologna. bologna. No, no judgment here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we just like yeah, I had the best couple weeks. We met uh, randomly, just like biking around in midnight because we, you know, we're both going through our own emotional upheavals at the time. So uh, that was my first exposure to like attraction to a lady. And since then, I've uh, <laughs> been able to think about it. <laughs> Yeah, put those eyebrows down. (laughs) Uh, I've been able to, yeah, look back at my life 
after a couple of years of, you know, intense shame and working through that. Yeah. And say, oh, like what would, ha- what, it wasn't an option for me to, to not, I, I, you know, I was, I'm also attracted to more than one gender. Okay. So that was also another mm-hmm. to learn that that is okay. It like, if you like a woman, you're not just a lesbian, you know, it doesn't discount the important relationships I had with men previously. Mm-hmm. That was something to learn too. Um, oh, just so much to unlearn and to heal and to reteach myself or even to teach myself initially. And I couldn't have done that without such queer affirming spaces like in Halifax and with other, uh, not Mennonites per se, but folks who understood my, my upbringing as fundamental Christians. Uh, we actually have quite a large group of folks who we get together and, and we're all queer or, yeah. you know, under th- this umbrella of otherness and, uh, it's been really beautiful to be cared for in that space and to, to be told that, you know, I'm loved and I'm whole, which is so profound. I could just repeat that <laughs> for a whole <laughs> podcast, you know. Um, yeah, so I, I, I feel fortunate to not have that childhood guilt uh, and praying myself into the straight world. Um, but on the other side, uh, I feel often uh, because I haven't had that story, my story then is not valid uh, as a queer person. And so it's because there are often only, you know, this is the right way to have a relationship. <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, yeah. And even in the even in uh, the LGBT world, it's there, there are narratives that get stuck in that space. So. It's a full spectrum of stories and experiences and, and learning that mine is my own and it doesn't have to be anybody else's. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I don't fit in all the boxes and yet I still, you know, benefit from a lot of other spaces that I inhabit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. Well, even to say, like, it, on almost every issue, um, not everybody experiences everything the same way. So you can't Mm -hmm. (laughs) say that everything applies to everybody. Like even, you know, overarching with, you know, Black Lives Matter or stuff like that, where it's, I've been seeing a lot of commentary typically from people that are shitting on the movement, but basically it's, it's people that are with, whether it's black people or people of color that are saying they're kind of disavowing Black Lives Matter. So it's because it doesn't apply to them or, you know what I mean? That, that type Mm -hmm. of commentary where it's much like your situation where just because, it didn't necessarily happen to you. Doesn't mean that the overarching theme doesn't apply, but it doesn't always yeah. apply to everybody. And it, everything's sort of <laughs> fluid and moving, right? Um, oh yeah, <laughs> like that yeah. is the understatement yeah. of I feel like most controversial topics. Oh, <laughs> it is oh, more complex than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's sort of even in many of our episodes, we tend to we've touched on a lot of really you know, some people might consider controversial things. And even in general, making this episode to a lot of our listeners probably is controversial. To me, it is mm-hmm. not. Um, but even that, like, uh, <laughs> we always, t- we like to say, like, there's nuance. Like, look at it. Look at both sides. And if you don't feel that, so look at something else. So figure this, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. nothing yeah. is ever as, as Or many as, sides, right? As like, many sides as you can find. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's how kind of how I feel. Um but yeah, on that note, speaking of other sides, Holly, um, tell us your story. What was it like coming from the East Coast into kind of finding yourself? Was that a 
was that kind of an abrupt sort of change like marissa or was it more gradual or what or kind of how um um well i knew that i was attracted to women like early teens like that's always been part of my reality and uh but i just knew that it wasn't an option i guess similar to you um so but i just struggled with it a lot more it was always front and center and like this big secret that i had kind of kept um so after i graduated i went to ssu as well and and uh, graduated and pretty like within the year of graduating i'd moved out to vancouver with some friends okay um to check it out see what's up (laughs) and within the first month i came out and so one of my well uh, one parent in particular they're very like it's the big city the big city did this to you um (laughs) but no i just i remember being like i can't do this and i had the space and i had the independence to to really look at my life and look at what i wanted and what could add to my flourishing and um yeah so it was over pad thai and beer on commercial drive that i said to my friend i am attracted to women yeah that's fair that's what there you go yeah and uh and yeah so so having that space it's like i really needed the physical space to Mm -hmm. to even go there um right did it feel like a weight got like lifted off your chest as soon as you got it out of there absolutely absolutely um so so I had made a list of like, okay, these are the people that I have to tell in person. Yeah. These are the people that I have to call on the phone. And these are the people that I'm like, okay, with like finding out at a party or just like <laughs> <laughs> that I'll like tell randomly yeah. for fun or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I worked my way through the list um, and had some really hard conversations I had mentors that were just kind of saying, this isn't your design. God didn't design you uh, homosexual. You were created deeply heterosexual and deeply feminine. And, and I just had to say, I, I disagree. You know, I am part of the image of God, right? Like I'm, I'm beloved and I belong. And this is kind of a mantra that Marissa and I have been, sharing the more that we've connected with affirming uh christian spaces really for me but so yeah it was like a huge weight lifted and then the narrative started to shift and i remember one uh conversation in particular and i because i was just struggling so hard like after i came out i was like i don't have the energy to convince any christians of my worthiness i don't have the Mm -hmm. energy to go into a church or to go into a Christian space and say, I deserve to be here. Like I just, I couldn't do it. Um, So I really took a step back and tried to do some internal work during that time. And I was having a conversation with my friend and I'm talking through this and I'm talking through my relationship with God and what it all means now. And, and she said to me, like, what if God is actually really happy that you're realizing this and just so like for you that this is your life and you're stepping into that truth of who you are. And like, whoa, I'm getting emotional. (laughs) (laughs) You are a whole being. But, but just saying like, 
shifting that narrative of like, I, I am created in God's image and, and um, it, it just, it changed everything for me from that point on. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, and it changed the way that I saw myself, like all the shame and all the guilt and everything that was just like, this cross that I was bearing for so long. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. but even, even the argument or, or the but saying yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that God yeah. made you this way, but then they're also saying that God didn't make you like that. You know, it's fundamentally flawed. If hey. you believe that God yeah. wills a thing and that he then created you in his own image and that's how you then are, how can you argue that you are not built Right, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's there's yeah, a exactly. there's a weird little yeah. cognitive dissonance, and so that's the message, right? And and I've been able to connect with so many people over the years. Like it's ten years uh, since I came out, and um, and I've been able to connect with so many folks who are just kind of hearing this message for the first time yeah. that they are choose between their relationship with God and their sexuality and living a like a life of flourishing. Um, and loving who they love and uh, they they don't have to choose between those things and so um, for folks who are at that intersection of sexuality and gender and faith um, uh, you just have to affirm them because there's so much pain um, and so much all that shame and guilt right like that it just does so much damage so that's That's kind of a bit of my story of just kind of uh, how the narrative started to change for me um, and how I stopped looking at myself in a certain way, right? And uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah, especially through the lens of of the fundamental um, ideology in, in which you grew up, right? Like, is that mm-hmm. clearly that wasn't a very helpful way to see yourself? And and in many ways, it applies to to children in general. Like you're saying, like you you throw a tantrum or you 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 know, you hit your sister or you do whatever and, and suddenly you're terrified that you're going to, you know, mm-hmm. fire and brimstone, right? And, or or if you feel like you're not praying enough or if you did this or you did that or you, you know, the little things that, that you shouldn't yeah. possibly feel guilty about. Um, and, yeah. and that's my experience just being, you know, as I am, I, I didn't have any sort of existential angst as far as sexuality or anything. Um, so I consider myself lucky in that way. But it applies more broadly in general to, to to people of your experience where it's that shit's heavy right like um and and pe- for people to just dismiss it as saying oh well you must be sick or you must have you know fucked up somehow or or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. god didn't do this so it can't possibly be a real thing it's, it's yeah so garbage <laughs> I hate yeah that. you're just confused you don't know what's happening right now that's all yeah, yeah totally yeah so uh, <laughs> it looks like very well-maintained boundaries yeah. boundaries boundaries yes. for that message to not get in anymore and if it does it's because we've chosen to have that person who has an opinion in our life because they're important to us yeah mm-hmm. and that is uh that's another conversation maybe about how to manage relationships that still hold such fundamental mm-hmm. different beliefs about you as a person and yeah. you and your orientation and our relationship like that's still a very real thing that we navigate at least weekly if not daily mm-hmm. i would say yeah. mm-hmm. and for anyone who's kind of like grown up in the church where you found that community and you found that home and then to just kind of be excommunicated because 
now you think and act and like you have different views than the collective. Um, it's such a loss, right? Yeah. So, um, and the church the knows that real yeah. and needs to be held yeah. Yeah. somewhere. That, that's why communicating yeah. was such a threat, especially in medieval times, right? That your entire being, your entire life revolved around what the church was teaching you and what it was telling you. And that yeah. tradition has continued today, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, if you're suddenly, you know, gay or not or or whatever you, yeah. know, you get divorced in some well, communities or whatever yeah like you're you're putting yourself out there and then it's like okay well i need that support and then your entire community just withdraws out from under you right that's a, that's yeah. a terrible thing yeah I, I imagine on some level you both kind of experienced that um yeah and yeah. then being put the narrative on that uh somehow we've chosen that isolated route <laughs> I hate that. Mm-hmm. I hate that so much. You're I hate it so often. Up. Like oh the devil. Yeah. The, yeah. De- the devil has you. <laughs> you know? Like, you're going down the devil's path. God, we get that text like every other day. Oh, we I won't say it, but it happens. I can't even possibly imagine. Like, like I said, even just hearing it <laughs> as an outsider, it makes me so mad. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's just, it's the lifestyle you've chosen. And I'm like, why? Why would someone choose a life of persecution? Why would anybody yeah. choose that? Like, why would you just be like, oh, hey, I want my whole family to hate me and I don't want to be able to go to church anymore and I want to be looked at weird and maybe killed. Yeah, this right? sounds like a great time. Why the hell would I choose that? That's so bullshit. <laughs> I, don't I know. wish it was as black and white as all that. Wouldn't that be simple? Right? But it definitely isn't. <laughs> oh. Absolutely not. <laughs> and so, and to even to be fair, on the flip side, some people may, on some level, choose to be a part of the environment, you know, even if they're not sure of their own sexuality who knows right i'm not necessarily saying that some people aren't you know just living their life however they want to live it and if they they want to try it out they want to try it out i don't know you know no judgment right but for them to just blanket blanket statements say that everybody that isn't straight or quote unquote normal like us is mm-hmm. somehow choosing this life it's <laughs> i don't get it yeah i don't get it um mm-hmm. so yeah, unfortunately, um, yeah. like, we do get that because we were, you know, we were raised in that idea. So it's, sure. it's, or that kind of like us and them. Yeah. Uh, we try to, yeah. like, still keep that in mind. Yeah. Talk with people who we love and who love us. Yeah. Saying, we get your perspective because, like, I was there not 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, I'm still mm-hmm. so. And I'm unlearning so much and trying to reaffirm so much. And so, what? Uh, however, I can't go there as often maybe as you can, Holly, because you've had more time to process. Mm-hmm. I, it's still fairly raw and mm-hmm. recent for me. So if I go there, I can get stuck yeah. and completely overwhelmed. And then I become like, yeah. irritated and angry and shamed. Mm-hmm. And that comes out in such explosive ways. So mm-hmm. it's about m- maintaining my own sense of safety and security in the ability to care for myself and to be, to, to love. Because I, f- I find like my ability to care will shut off when I'm, yeah. I mean, I think that's normal when you're in a survival situation. When you're like, this mm-hmm. is a threat to me. I need to shut down. And it's so my boundaries are maybe a lot tighter yeah. than yours are, Holly. So, yeah, but we still try to access those spaces from the before <laughs> yeah, so that um, we can have people in our life that we love and who it, love if us. Anything, if anything, everything that's going on now just shows how tightly held people have um, or tightly held views and tightly held 
like that they get so defensive about anything. Like I said, whether it's race, yeah. sexuality, gender, it's maybe just stop for a second. And again, speaking as a white straight guy, like I've had those exact same feelings on on many occasions, right? especially growing up in the similar way where it was, you know, oh, oh there's those gay guys there. Oh, geez, we, you know, you don't deal with them, or right, and you know that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Where you, you think it's wrong and you think it's bad, um, but to grow and to to think about it and to like experience to think like. Why do I think that? Okay, was it from that? Was it from this? How can I work forward? How can I have these conversations? Um, it's <laughs> it really just shows how many people aren't willing to have that honest, introspective sort of. Oh, or another point that just popped to my head: so many people I know, especially if they're discussing uh, the current protests and all everything going on right now, um, they keep saying, "I don't understand why so and so is doing this." But it's them talking to their white friends about issues that don't apply to their white friends. And I, and I was yeah. like, well, if you don't understand, maybe you should ask somebody who's actually in it. Right. And that's sort of why yeah. I do this. Right. Like, because I can't possibly imagine the lives that you that you've dealt with, that you work through. Uh, but I want to learn. Right. And that's and, that, and I think that's important. And even your story to a broader sense, to a broader community, they can then hear it and say, I grew up in that same way. Maybe I can do it too. You know, and that's, yeah, I think that's important. Um, Exposure is really important. Visibility and representation. Mm -hmm. It's, it's everything. So yeah, all, all the white folks are just talking amongst themselves, just infuriated and how could, you know, um, likely don't have a full picture. And I know I'm speaking for myself of the racist systems that have been governing Canada and the United States for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yep. So um, the anger and the rage, uh, I just, it makes sense. It makes a shit ton of sense. And uh, the only way that you're going to learn more is to step back and say, as a white person, I benefit from these systems. Yep. And, white supremacy shows up in my life when I think that I can tell someone how they should think, tell someone, you know, what they should do in response to injustice and to, um, like death (laughs) and violence, right? Like, so I think it's definitely a hard look and it's really on your white friends, um, to, help their other white friends along on that journey right um because we really i know that i'm learning so much from black indigenous um people of color but i can't expect them to keep educating me and taking more from them and more from them without like proper compensation and recognition and all that stuff right so yeah yeah I hope we can step up. That's always the thing is that you can step up kind of beyond yourself and, uh, and be able to engage with things that don't directly affect you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and acknowledge that they might not directly affect you, right? Like it's, you you can still be outraged even if you, you, you know, the protests aren't at your door, right? You can, you can still help support it even if it's not affecting you or your family personally. Like it, yeah, it, 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 people get so mad, and but it's the same thing too. Because um, like, we went to the the Black Lives Matter rally in Winnipeg, which shout out to Winnipeg for showing up on Friday. Holy fuck, they went crazy. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And for keeping it civil. I mean, the yeah. RCMP put out a statement, right? No incidents, no nothing. Everyone was was good, respectful. Yeah. Wow. Which people didn't particularly enjoy the cops calling, you know, saying that anyways, but that can be another issue. Um, right. Mm-hmm. But in general, Joe, even, <clears throat> even in their social media, they had posted a picture saying, we keep getting questions of, of what we can put on our signs and what we should put on our signs. And, and the organizers basically said, people, think, use your brains. Like, we don't have time to tell you what to put on yeah. your signs. So Absolutely. research it. Like, take some ownership of your own actions and look it up. Yeah. And we have plenty of reasons. Nobody wants to, to do the hard work anymore. That's yeah. the problem. We're busy and fighting if you're, our movement. if you're a white <laughs> person, like, showing up to rallies, yeah. there are, I know I came across a list that was like, if you're white, come to these rallies. This is what you do. You stay in the back. Yeah. You mm-hmm. not initiator lead a call. You are there to support the protest leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, um, make sure they're fed and hydrated. Yeah. And if you mm-hmm. are called to the front, you go to the front and you stay quiet and you do what you're told, basically, sure. right? And don't take selfies. Stop taking selfies. <laughs> take pit- like, pictures of people who are doing the work, who are like working their asses off. And just kind of make yourself available, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not so, about you. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so I think there are some really practical things um, that can be learned in those spaces for sure. And and I hope that the message gets across, like in terms of what white folks should be doing at marches. And there's there's overlap yeah. into your communities as well, right? Like it's the <laughs> these all kind of end up, you know, like the, the rivers all tend to meet right? in the lake somewhere, right? Yeah, it's, it's all intersections of everything. And it, it's, I don't know, it, it it should open people's eyes to show that, that we're a little bit more connected than they want us to think, um, which is difficult for some people, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the amount of arguments I've heard this week of, well, it doesn't really happen in Canada, so I don't see why there's marches and protests <laughs> happening here. It's like, come on, That's really? Actually- yeah. Well, Just, yeah. Uh, Even that the amount of people I've seen interacting with with Black Lives Matter posts or or people in in support of like the black squares and and all that type of stuff that are going around social media, the people that are interacting and posting, I was surprised how many people and certain people I saw doing it. I'm like, huh, I didn't expect that because I know for a fact those types of people um, treat indigenous issues with scorn and. Mm-hmm you know, anger and, and being dismissive. And I'm like, as if those are somehow different, right. You know, like it's, uh, I I think it's baby steps. So maybe if, if they can possibly get involved on some level on the grand black lives, black lives matter scale, maybe eventually they can internalize it and take it home and realize, you know, we have issues here. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's such an important place to acknowledge. Like not everybody is a protesting yeah. person yeah. Mm-hmm. or like what, like, yeah, whatever the reason is, you yeah. maybe can't physically go yeah. to these spaces and be safe. Maybe you can't, maybe, you know, there's other things holding you back. There are other ways to support your community of neighbors. Yeah. Um, and I just like, I'm realizing there's a lot of folks who are, now being exposed to this for the first time. Yeah. So how do we pass on that information accurately? It's by sharing. It's by exposing, like by visibility. I think mm-hmm. what you're really good. 
think showing up to public lectures, yeah. you know, yeah. usually the libraries I know in Halifax always have options for this, or there's museums or there's talks happening in your community that you can show up to, but showing up is the first step in whatever <laughs> capacity you can do. Yeah. Reading a thing you haven't read before by maybe an indigenous author. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. But then taking that info, right, and spreading it through your social circle, right? Do your part to take it in and then try to educate people if you can. I mean, not everyone's going to listen. Let's be real. But like I said, if you can break th- if you can break through to even one person, I mean, that's, that's a job well done, right? Or even if you can't, even if you can give them the information, whether or not they use it or not, at least they can mm-hmm. possibly say to you that, an issue is they didn't like know this. or he didn't exactly, tell you he didn't, didn't tell know. me right <laughs> it's like you knew. and i want to even like <laughs> like focus even on your own self because yeah. you impact and you have influence over people in your life of course whether yeah. or not you think you do people see what you're doing mm-hmm. they are exposed to your actions and your behaviors and your silences <laughs> When those things show up and then people make a decision to say, oh, I'm not going to do that because that person stayed silent and they're in a position of leadership. So then I must be silent. Mm. It's like, oh, actually, I've learned this thing and now I can't unlearn it. And I have a responsibility to share that information, whether or not people listen. People always notice these things. Smart. That's a a powerful point. Yeah, that's huge because same thing, right? Because. Uh, in in many ways, um, Randy and I don't fit the mold of a typical Steinbacker. <laughs> um, uh, so <laughs> nice. even in that right, so even in that way, like we we kind of push back a little bit. Um, and so far, it's all been very very civil. I think the haters are staying mm-hmm. quiet. But um, <clears throat> if they found us in an alley, who knows what would happen? But <laughs> for, for at least publicly, it's all very very positive. Okay. And I don't care. You know, I mean, I I stand by what I say. Um, and uh, I'm I'm happy to have these conversations. Um, but and I speaking, think I just kind of want to like flag the use of the word civil. Like what is seen as civil and what is seen as like the right. Because you said um, the Winnipeg March was really civil. Did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> and so it didn't show up like rioting and a yeah. lot of anger and a lot of. But but that's not to say that it was better. Right. So sure. Just because something being civil, well, you know, um, what's considered civilized was residential schools being yeah, civilized. That's true. That's true. Settlers mm-hmm. showed up and said, "We're going to civilize um, people who are native to Canada." Of course. Right. So yeah. it's just that idea, and the word I think especially has those like colonizing roots. That's fair. Um, mm-hmm. I hadn't considered that. But, oh, that that's good. I, thank you. For them, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely didn't mean it in any way like that. It was <clears throat> oh, no, meant no, that no. it was yeah, it was powerful. But it was just, emotional, but yeah, um, it's all it's like it's so embedded in our yeah. language, right? And then you know, it makes sense that some of the pushback that you've been like experiencing and like um, engaging with yourself, like you're both white men like (laughs) it makes sense that you're you're not getting a lot of persecution because of it right most of the spaces that you're in you feel safe in yeah and most of the spaces that you walk into like you don't have to think twice about what you say or what you do because very few people are going to challenge you or confront you i actually made Um, an active an active effort um the other night I went for a jog and in Steinbeck, it's, it's fairly safe and it, it, you know, even in general, but I decided to run and I, and of course it's by no means 
means I understand anything, but I tried to think, what would it be like if I were not the the six one white guy, and if I were instead a six one anything else guy, right? <laughs> and running down the street, um, and just try to feel like so. I saw people like, what would it be like if them just glancing at me meant that they were now threatened by me or worried about me or or mm-hmm. if a car drives by, you know, are they going to come for me or do I hear a noise? You know, so I tried to get myself even partially in that mindset. And it's terrifying. Like, I can't even mm-hmm. possibly describe, like, I can't relate because I I had to put myself there. Like, you know, I wasn't just there. But even mm-hmm. just trying yeah. to feel it, even just a fraction of what that is. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, my heart goes out to the people that are involved in that every single day, um, whether it's racially motivated, whether it's any way, that type of stuff. It's It's unbelievable. And that's, I think it's important for people like me to do that, try and mm-hmm. be uncomfortable. Like at the march, they, they talked about um, be comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Like yeah. just just try to Period. push against it's the edges. Yeah. <laughs> it's so I had a, yeah. Check our privilege, right? Another thing I've been learning too, I've had to learn to be, not to be, but I have learned what it, what it, how do I say this? <laughs> Since... <laughs> So, yeah, I say, you know, I was straight and then I met a woman that I found attracted and then I wasn't just straight anymore. Yeah. And mm-hmm. since then, I've had to learn what it means to be afraid in those spaces, in public spaces, in in crowded spaces, in uh, evening times, um, because being open even just together the license that people have to then engage with us mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh, or to comment on us to comment just period or to just yeah it's, like it was such over sexualize yeah us holding hands or something right like it's just it, oh, it's, really? people uh, will outright say you know that you shouldn't or that you know Basically, they equate it to you guys doing it on the table, or or what? Or like, well, just I'd love to get in between that, you know, or like just like basics. That's like catcalling, but then more, right? Ramped up. I've been catcalled, whatever. But then this is like you're coming at me saying these things. So we're like, what do we do now? You know, so I started kickboxing. You know, we we don't go out at night. Yeah. And if we do, we make sure we have a drive somewhere. Yeah. You know, these things. And we're we're straight passing and we're white and we still have these experiences in in small amounts, you know. So I've had to learn those things. And I can't, like you say, I can't imagine what it would be like to have that every day. Yeah. Right. Experience. So. Yes, I've had a taste and it's real and, you know, I can, yeah, I can deal with it for now. But that's not something that as a, as a straight person previously, I would say, or like, uh, from my previous experiences, it wasn't a thing. So this was something that I had to learn. So of course, who exist as straight passing, straight heterosexual folks, like, white folks it's not even on the radar because you don't have to you don't yeah this space is for you and it's i think it's dr kimberly crenshaw talks about intersectionality and basically you know as a way of like thinking about your own privilege right 
So the privilege that I have as a white woman, you know, but also taking into consideration like the layered kind of complexity of being a queer woman in this society as Mm -hmm. well. That looks like and how that shows up. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's interesting to really like take a look at how privilege shows up in your life um, and all those kind of intersecting ways the ways that you don't experience privilege um, and the ways that you do it kind of, and it helps you kind of determine what ways you can start practicing allyship Yeah. as well. Um, I don't know if you've heard that term. Oh yeah. I, I actually wanted to touch on it. Thank <clears> you for bringing it up. Um, but sort of, yeah, what that, what that means to be a, a proper ally to any, any cause, right. Or any, anything that you're into. Um, please elaborate, continue. Yeah, uh, I would say, yeah, allyship is a process. So it's something that you show up to every day. um, And it's not like a one-time thing, right? Um, So, yeah, I would say say it's a a lifelong learning process and it's a commitment. And um, you kind of have to be in that space, like you said, Reg, about being uncomfortable. Uh, You have to be teachable and like... So if I'm an ally, which I practice, I try to practice allyship for my trans siblings and I, and I want to support my trans siblings, but I do it in a way that causes harm and they call me out for it. Yeah. Like my response could be to center myself and my feelings like, Oh, I didn't mean to, or I feel so bad. I'm so, so like, yeah. But if I do that, I actually take away from the growing that could happen and uh, the ways that I could actually learn to be a better ally, right? For sure. So, uh-huh. so the big thing is for me to kind of like take criticism and be teachable and to always kind of take that posture. We talk um, at Generous Space about being a living apology of like, if I get it wrong, um, we trust one another enough that if I get called out, that I'm going to say, you know what, I was wrong and I'm sorry. Um, And then keep being committed to that process, whether or not like um, people are glorifying you for it or, or not. Right. So that's Mm. the other thing about being an ally is you shouldn't wait to get gold stars for just kind of recognizing someone in their humanity and supporting (laughs) them. Right. Sounds so like, counter like it's so basic right but it, it to a lot of people that's heavy right you <laughs> know in, in a weird way yeah. like it, it shouldn't be like you shouldn't yeah you shouldn't need to be acknowledged for just treating someone like a person which is you shouldn't have to say that but you, you do uh one, mm-hmm. one thing i think it was i think i saw it on on your social media holly or, or perhaps somewhere else but basically as far as allyship and, and just in general it's less it, it's not about your intent it's about your impact right so whether you mean to be helpful or you're not but if you're not well then you're not being helpful right (laughs) yeah i mean lots of folks and i and i've said it too like oh i didn't i didn't mean to say but like that's not what i meant okay like i didn't my intention was to make you feel more loved or (laughs) more honored by my word you know um and sometimes that's appropriate to share that context of course but that also depends on the relationship that you have with that person if they're willing that space for you while you work so, through that. And the big thing is just showing up as being responsible for the impact that yeah. you have 
on people and uh and and showing up in that way as someone who's practicing allyship um it can just create a lot of trust right so people feel like yo i can talk to this person and say that actually made me feel really bad and made me feel like you were making it about yourself or you were whatever um it builds community. And to be able to receive that yeah. as a way of learning and as a way of, of growing. So, uh, yeah. Well, so often you'll hear um, supposed allies that are, that are they're speaking for a group as opposed to speaking to a group or, or you know what I mean? Like they're, instead of actually interacting with, with whoever they're, they're proselytizing for um, mm. and then suddenly they get yeah. called out for being a dickhead. And they're like, oh, well, I'm sorry if I offended who and who and who and who for what I said. It's not even a real apology. I'm sorry if if you're offended by what I said, but that's not what I meant, right? I imagine you you probably dealt with a lot of that. Um, But uh, yeah, it's it's important to to just, we need to listen more. (laughs) (laughs) I started making this comic because it was like, there's, there's a piece about calling out somebody and the skills required for an apology that I don't know if we're, we've been taught these things. What yeah. are the skills required for an apology and mutual respect? Yeah, It's that piece of taking responsibility for your actions. That is a huge skill. It seems to miss that is a, a learning, mm-hmm. a practicable skill. Yeah. It's a, a practicable, it's elastic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Um, it's committing to taking action when you've taken responsibility. Someone has said that, that, that hurt, that wasn't right. You change, you commit to making a change for the future. Also requesting permission for feedback. Please be open to feedback. You know, these, these things, you, you can learn these things. It's like I said, elastic. If you don't practice them, you're going to snap really easily. Yeah. But if you practice them, you can stretch mm-hmm. further each oh, time like this that. happens. Yeah, that's a great analogy. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And there's okay. skills. It's not It's not like you're going to learn how to do this perfectly for the first time. Like both of us, we're still so painfully aware of this process and there's never a finish line. Being yeah. an ally isn't check mark. Like you've done it. <laughs> yeah. That's not how it works. And just because like you've done one action or one behavior or one standing for somebody else one time that doesn't mean you've made it yeah. there's never an end goal it is yeah. a forever lifestyle this where do is i a get daily my medal I, I showed up the where do I? <laughs> yeah, like, someone describes it as a punch card that you get a new one every day and the punches that you get are those steps that you take to be uh, yeah. an ally for somebody else to say hey i saw that person yelling at you and to- telling, you know, racist slurs, here's my number. If the police are called on you, uh, this is what yeah. I've witnessed. Mm-hmm. I am a white person, uh, you know, like use all of your privilege cards to yes. say, I stand for this person. Yeah. I saw what happened and that wasn't okay. Yeah. And to affirm that person, like you can be a body for somebody else because mm-hmm. the system is set up to fail so many people. It's true. Yeah, and, that, and that allyship sure. will cost something. Yes, as it should, right? Like we've already like sure. said, we we built up a stack of privilege cards, 
that, uh, you know, we should use them how we can. And, you know, you might lose a few relationships in the process and perhaps you shouldn't have had yeah. those to begin with, right? It's, I mean, I mean yeah, so be it, right? If they're going to get mad at you for sticking up for somebody who's who's being looked down upon by the system or something's happened, then they, they don't deserve to be in your life if they're going to, you know, if they're yeah, going to shit on you for something like that. And I wish it was just that piece that you would lose, but unfortunately, there's so many other costs that you can't account for until it happens. Like, mm-hmm. you might not be asked to be in this space anymore, and you lose yeah. that community that you've depended on for years. Mm-hmm. Of course. And you there's, know, there's the, the grief risks, and yeah. the loss that comes with the tangible loss of relationship, of opportunity, of housing options, of jobs, you know, mm-hmm. and the list goes on. And there, like you said, there's so many nuances and it doesn't just look like people not talking about talking to you. And that's OK, because, you know, yeah. black and white imagery about realizations, <laughs> it doesn't work that way in the real world. Of course, yeah, there's a lot more connections mm-hmm. than we want to acknowledge. Right? It's like anything. You, it's easy to say, well, fuck them. Right. But, you know, yeah, I wish it was that easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's thank you so much for having us. Well, yeah. No, it's been yeah it's been good. I mean, there's there's much, much, much more that we could absolutely discuss. <laughs> um, I mean, of course, we don't mon- want to monopolize your time more than than we already have. Um, what was I going to say? Um, my brain's not working today. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're happy um, to come back another time too. Like, absolutely, that's no problem. No, you're you're totally welcome. Um, and we can interview you too. Oh, please! That would be really. Oh, there we go. I would like that. Yeah, <laughs> let's uh, let's do. I have questions. Yeah, uh, uh, of course. Yes, let's. <laughs> like I said, the, this is a even from the very beginning. Like one sentence, there was probably eighteen things that I wanted to unpack, and and there's only so much time in the day, right? But. Um, <laughs> just naturally, yeah, questioning. Of especially considering our shared background, Marissa. Um, you know, I'm very, very aware of, uh, of some of the ways of which you you grew up. So, uh, <laughs> that's also. I would love to unpack that some more with you. Honestly, I feel yeah. like it could be useful for more than just us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the middle of a family gathering might. Uh, might oh, be <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for that quite yet. Oh, but. neither am I. Um. Public stonings, I think, are still legal in Steinbach. But either way, um, I hope that we can definitely continue this conversation uh, soon. Uh, but I, For I, sure. I like the idea. Let's definitely let's definitely try and book something here where we where we flip it and you guys ask us stuff. That's that sounds sure. Good. If you want, <laughs> is there any topic off limits? No, not for me. No. Great. <laughs> How much time you got? We can start right now. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much. No, awesome. Okay, cool. No um, problem. Uh, is there any websites or, or social media or anything that, um, that you guys want to plug? I mean, always. Um, but we can maybe send a list if, that's, if that works. Sure. Yeah, we, I'm happy sure. to add it in the show notes. Places for yeah. free resources that folks have already done a lot of work that you can just you know tap into, watch videos, read articles, there's books podcasts things like that so i love that um and that's, that's sort awesome of, yeah well we need to be using our cat get out of here Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um man we need to be using our whatever pl- our platform is to try and try and help others um for sure yeah. so yeah, yeah i think that's great 
let's try and set it up. Thank you again for joining us. This has been this has been good. Uh, like I said, we we probably could have talked for another four or five hours. So let's let's try and do that. Okay. <laughs> no, easy. <laughs> All right. Well, also, before we go, I need to Holly <laughs> something you shared. Here you like things that that you don't like that other people like, and there was podcasts on there. So I have to say, I was personally offended yeah. by you saying that. <laughs> I took it as a personal shot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but thank you for so much. Like everyone, oh, send me what podcast you're listening to. I, <laughs> I have like zero. I love talking, and yeah. I love you know meeting new folks. But the whole the whole idea is a little. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. It's just me. <laughs> this is me. Of course, yeah. this is who I am. I mean, and you're right. The Zeitgeist the podcast is a little bit obnoxious, and um, for sure, so I can get that. But still, you know, I'll, I'll let it slide. You came on, we made amends. We'll be all right. But uh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I just had to make a little dig there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, thank you for joining us. Uh, hope you guys stay safe. Um, continue growing and uh, helping dummies like me and Randy. Right. So we <laughs> for sure. <laughs> So for now, well, uh, same. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. It's been it's been a good oh, conversation. Thank you. We so barely it's been great. The surface, I'll tell you that. Like, there's there's plenty here that that might get people riled up, but there's a lot of a lot more in depth things that we should probably touch on in in the future. So, love that. Uh, yeah, I love absolutely. That. Awesome. Well, thanks for now. Take okay. Care. okay. All right. See ya. See ya. Well, well. Hi, Randy. Well, that was a fun chat, my friend. That was. I went by so fast. I did. Yeah, cruise for sure. There was so much in my head that I couldn't even get out. And then that we barely, honestly, like, we literally barely, barely touched the surface. Well, I, I think in conversations like that, like, we, like, yeah, there's there's so much more we could dive into at different points of it, right? But yeah. you only get so much time. Maybe this will be part of a five-parter. Who knows? <laughs> I'm I'm super interested in in you and I sitting on the other side and ha- having God, I'm kind of scared. Especially when she asks, "Is there anything off limits?" And I'm like, "Well, what are you going to ask?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eh? But uh, oh, no, I'm uh, looking forward to it. Though that'll be fun. Yeah, I might have to try and schedule that ASAP. That would be wonderful. Um, for sure. But yeah, so folks, thank you for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed. Like like we mentioned in the episode, we feel like it at least part of our our obligation um to to try and spread awareness of of uh, you know of things that that people may not think about or that you know well and it's like you know have the hard conversations why not right like like to us it's an easy conversation but you know have maybe the hard conversation for somebody to listen to and say oh yeah maybe i am looking at things the wrong way or and stuff like that right yeah or at least hopefully hopefully if if this conversation um did anything was that it it caused someone to think right and if it mm-hmm. if it causes you to think and even um start to be introspective and, and kind of if if you're holding views that may or may not be okay uh, you know or, or if you have feelings inside that, that you're not um sure about um, and and it causes you to then think and, and be more open and true to yourself. Then then mm-hmm. perfect. If we can get anywhere close to that, like I don't <laughs> I don't assume we have that type of power, but um, if if we can hopefully start any sort of conversation and, and move the needle even one tick, then it works. That's um, what it's all about. Exactly. That being said, Marissa and Holly were were very open and honest and friendly and funny, and then and, and I I think we have a long future together. Oh <laughs> yeah yeah no I I appreciate them you know being you know pretty much anything and everything was was able to be talked about and that's good yeah i agree so 
Uh, as for social media, find us, your two resident idiots, on Instagram at Two Idiots Podcast, on the Facebook Two Idiots Podcast, and on the Tweet Machine Two Idiots Show. And by email, double idiots podcast at gmail.com. Yep, feel free. Send us send us some stuff. Say hi. Drop a line. Uh spread the word. Let's let's build yeah, this. Yeah. We we, we want to talk. We want to chat. We want we want to get to know you. Yeah. Get on down, you know? Get on down. Get Come on us. down. Yeah. Get with us. Let's get real. Let's get real. Randy. <laughs> Make it let's raw. Get real. Yeah. Come on. All right, folks. Um, as always, thank you for listening. Please uh, subscribe, follow, rate, review. Um, you know, all the stay good stuff. Safe. Keep fit. Have fun. Love somebody. Do it. Spread your spread your love. <laughs> spread your what? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> your love, Reg. Get your okay. mind out of the gutter. Good. Good. Wonderful. Or do whatever you want. You know, Just do it however, however you feel. You're all free people. You're all free. Yeah. You know. You do you. Anyways, enough <laughs> rambling. All right, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. In round. Bye. Bye.